You've made it. You're here. You've found the Eastridge Church East Campus podcast. We take the message portion of our Sunday service and we put it in a convenient podcast form so you can listen to them anywhere. Put your headphones in so you're not bothering those around you and you can listen on the train, on a plane, a boat, a space shuttle, a subway, not the restaurant. I mean, you could listen to it in subway, I guess. Um, or play it full blast, whatever. Um, we're just we're glad you're here. Today, we're going to kick off our Revelation series. Today's an introduction to that series. It's a 12-week series. It's going to be a long one, but we think that it's definitely worth it because there's so much to unpack in this book. There's a lot of things that can be confusing. Um, we're going to be speaking on what Revelation is, what it isn't, um, I want to encourage you to keep a notebook with you as you listen to these podcasts and go through these messages because there's just so much in it. You don't want to get lost. And if you have any questions, you can write those down or things that were revealed to you. And also, we have a connect card. You can go to it at eastridge.church slash connect card. And if there are questions you have, write those down and send it to us so we can get some answers back to you or, or point you in the right direction. If there's anything you want to know about Eastridge, you can fill that out as well. All right, guys, I'm not going to hold you up any longer. I've already went over my time allotted for this intro. Let's get into the book of Revelation. Good morning. My name is Amanda McCart, and I'm part of the family here at Eastridge. If you guys don't mind standing um, as we read the scriptures for today, as you're able. This is Revelation chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listens to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the providence of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. Thank you, Amanda. Y'all may be seated. Thank you, Amanda. Hey, uh, we're so excited to be starting this series on Revelation. Um, I mean, with, with a lot of anticipation, um, just very, very excited about it. But I do want to give credit where credit is due. We have about six or seven people on our uh, preaching team, and uh, in there, we're the ones that, you know, write the messages, do the research. But from time to time, what we'll do is we'll partner with, or we'll see a series that's already been done, and we'll go, man, that, that is fantastic. Many of you know Matt Chandler at Village Church. Uh, they, they did a series on Revelation, which is just great. Matter of fact, we're going to take 12 weeks. Uh, they broke it down into 12 weeks. So you're, if you've listened to that series, you, you're going to hear a lot uh, of that again. But li- again, it is just fanta- uh, fantastic. Now, we've got to do first things first. It is Revelation. Not Revelations, right? 
A lot of people confuse it. Like, it's a lot of revelations. No, it's just revelation. Okay, it's revelation. Now, this is often an overlooked book of the Bible. Some people would rather read Leviticus than they would Revelation. That's a sickness. Okay? Um, No, listen, it's it's confusing. Um, It has been probably abused. It has multiple uh, interpretations over the years. And so we're going to walk through this um, um, together. Now, we're going to talk about some things. You've already seen some, some terms on the, uh, on the screen there on the video that Jacob did. You're going to see four horsemen. I'm not talking about Ric Flair, you know, Arn Anderson, Gene Anderson. I'm not talking about those guys. Uh, you're going to hear the term 144,000. You're going to hear premillennial and, and postmillennial and, and amillennial. And you're going to want to know, like, what's my view on that? And it really depends on the day of the week on my view on that, because I've heard some great stuff. I'll tell you what my view is going to be. When it's revealed to us, I'm going to go, ah, I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I always thought that. I know me. When this book was first written, um, it was a huge encouragement to the early church. It, it, it was meant as a source of encouragement. And, and man, it blessed the, the early church because of the severe persecution that they were going through. I mean, they, they had probably had family members, if not family members. They had friends that were not just killed, but were, were beheaded. And we'll talk more about that later. But, but 200 years later, it almost didn't make it into the canon, into what we know as the Scriptures. Because people so, so debated it. Now, I mean, speaking of debate, let me say this. There are parts of it we can have opinions about. We can have differing opinions about, and we don't have to cancel each other out because we may think differently about some things. One thing we can't think differently about is this. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to the Father. So that's one way. So, and listen, I may get through this series and have to come back to it and go, you know what, I think I was wrong on that part. I'm not going to do that, but I may think that, all right? So again, it's supposed to be really a a source of encouragement to the original hearers. Again, today, many people are afraid of it, and I want to say this. Don't be afraid of this letter. Don't be afraid of this letter. I I hope, and I know because it's the Word of God, that God is going to speak to you through the book a revelation. Now, you're not going to get a secret message. You're not going to find your name written in, in Revelation. Um, but you will find this to be true over and over again. That obedience to God, obedience to His Spirit, obedience to His Word is better than Revelation. And some, some special message that you may get. And here's, here's what we're hoping we're hoping that it's going to produce two things. I got, I got two things that I'm hoping it's going to produce. That, that we must be strong warriors of the gospel. That you and I are going to have a, a fight mentality. Do you remember the first time you saw Rocky? All right, guys, you remember Rocky or, or maybe Creed? You remember the first time you saw it? You can't, if you're a guy, you can't tell me you didn't go in the bathroom and, 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 and do some boxing. You can't tell me, you were ready to fight. You were ready to take it on. Oh, I think about William Wallace, you know, he's, he's in front of the people and he's yelling, freedom! Man, they're, they're ready to take it on. Man, I'm hoping that this is going to produce that type of 
fight in us because I'm afraid what has happened is that we've been lulled into thinking that this world is really as, as good as it gets. And do you sense this? That, that there's just a sense that everybody just feels beaten down. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier, and we talked about what it was like living in quarantine. And I'm not talking about like the 10-day quarantine because you were exposed to somebody. I'm talking about what it was like when everything shut down. And then everything came back, and, and it was just seemed like it's hard. And then we all know people that have gotten sick, or maybe they're not sick. They're just afraid of getting sick, or maybe they know people that have passed away. It seems like social media is like one big obituary. And I'm reminded of some lyrics that John Mellencamp wrote. And if you're a child of the 80s like me, well, you know what? It's just a great song. He says, oh yeah, life goes on. He says, long after the thrill of living is gone. And I feel like some of us are just sort of there. You know, life's going on and, and the thrill of life, the, the zeal of life, man, it's just, it's gone. We're just, we're just sort of living. And I'm going to tell you, for the church, man, we should not lose our thrill. And definitely, we should not lose our zeal for what Jesus has done, for what Jesus is doing, and for what Jesus is going to do. So Revelation was written to encourage us, all believers, and remind us of this in that great video. Remind us of this, that we win. It may not feel like we're winning, but the book is written to tell us, hey, church, believers, you followers of Jesus, hey, we win. So I want us to fight with that mentality. Let's fight that beaten down mentality. Let's fight that, hey, this is as good as it gets mentality. And let's advance the gospel in our lives, in our families' lives, in our people that we want to see come to know Jesus Christ, and in our communities. Man, yesterday I was watching the, the Georgia game, and I don't know if you saw it right before it came on, uh, right before the game actually started, it showed a, just a small clip of a, a Kirby Smart talking to his players. And he says, they need to feel you. He's talking about the Arkansas. He, he's talking about them. He said, hey, they need to feel you. And, and I know what he meant, man. Y'all got to want it so bad. They, they need to feel every hit. They need to feel every point. They need to feel you. Listen, church, this is what I believe. Man, the community... The, the lost, the, the broken, they need to feel our faith. They, they need to feel our prayers. They need to feel our acts of kindness. They need to feel the gospel in us. Say, we're not fighting for victory. Man, we're, we're fighting from victory. Man, Jesus has already won. So we got to have this wartime mentality. So Easter Ridge, we can't be seen as having a, a weak faith or a thin gospel or, or no sacrifice or, or no courage. And we got to drive that kind of stuff out. And man, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, that, that might be me. I think I got lulled into this. I think my faith's gotten away. Hey man, let's get rid of it. Just confess it. Get rid of it. Claw it out. Just be done with it. And let's refuse to let ourselves go back there. So that we might be known as a people of great faith in a great God who sent his great son so that we might have life. Now, Revelation, it can help us with this. Second thing I'm hoping it'll do is I'm hoping now, 
I, I got to write the, the, the last message. And, and, um, and so that, that message is on my mind about when the new kingdom and, and then the new heaven and the new earth and, and us seeing Jesus face to face. I mean, can you imagine what that's going to be like? Because that's going to happen. I'm also hoping at the end of, the, end of this that it will produce this eager expectation for Jesus to come. That we don't get caught up into this thinking that this is all there is. No, Jesus is coming back one day. And so I want us to start praying, hey, come Lord Jesus. But not just come Lord Jesus. Hey, let's take as many people with us when he comes as we know. Come Lord Jesus, but man, save the lost. So, this book doesn't have to be scary. It's, it's a book of comfort. And the book, again, has been a, a source of comfort for encouragement for more than 200 years. So we, we need to rescue it from some bad teaching. The locusts in Revelation are not Apache helicopters. Seriously. Okay, maybe I stepped on some toes. I'm sorry. All right. And, and, and listen, honestly, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Okay? And, and, and listen, some people really think that. Here's what Revelation is. Revelation is about Christian courage. Revelation is Christian courage. Number, verse 1. Chapter 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Listen to this, verse 3. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says for the time is near. Here's where the blessing comes. To the one who reads it and the one who b obeys it for what it says, for the time is near. And then he says in verse 4, the letter is from John to the seven churches in Asia. I, I want to I hit that real quick. The letter is from John to... The seven churches in Asia. He said, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. From the seven soul spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things. The first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. So here is what Revelation is and what it's not. The, the book of Revelation is a letter. Just like Galatians was a letter, just like First and Second Thessalonians is a letter, just like Romans, just like First and Second Corinthians are a letter. It is a letter. It's written to a specific people living in a specific time and a specific place. So with that being said, you've got to understand this. Revelation cannot mean something to us. That it didn't mean to them. Now you're going to hear that phrase throughout this whole series. Revelation can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to them. Because it's written for us, but it wasn't written to us. The, the letter was written as an encouragement. So it would be cruel to tell these persecuted Christians that lived thousands of years ago. Hey, you hold on because in 3,000 years it's going to get better. How cruel would that be? Now, it was written around 96 A.D., and this is after three decades of intense persecution. After Acts in 65 A.D., 
Emperor Nero begins this first wave of persecution. And then in 67 AD, Emperor Vespian takes over and he rants up the persecution and Christians were tortured. Uh, They were human torches. Uh, They were fed to animals. They were brutalized. And then in 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed. And now they destroyed the whole temple. And then you hear about Paul and, and Peter and Timothy, all these guys that we read about and read from, they were all murdered. Man, that'd be like opening the, the, the cutting on the television today and you find out that uh, Charles Stanley and David Jeremiah and John Piper and uh, Rick Warren, they're all killed by the government. Man, we would all be shocked and afraid, like going, hey, what's going on? Then in 92 AD, Emperor Domitian was made emperor and he forced all Romans to worship and proclaim Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord, not Jesus. Proclaim Caesar is Lord. And then laws were created to punish and kill Christians who wouldn't worship him. You may think as Christians we're being persecuted. People in the Middle East would agree with that statement. But what we're going through here is nothing compared to to what they were going through there, then, and what's going over in the Middle East. So Revelation is a letter written to seven churches in the Roman Empire to encourage them and to fight for their faith. So Revelation is also, it's a prophecy. Now, uh, in this genre of prophecy, it's not always about telling the future, but it's always about this. It's always about, thus saith the Lord. Now, it's a word from God. It doesn't have to be about the future. It can be, just saith the Lord, for, for right now. As uh, Westerners, we, we read linearly from point A to, to point B. And this prophecy is not written uh, in a linear form or linear fashion where one thing chronologically uh, follows the previous thing. Some scenes are, are years apart. Revelations is a, a series of windows. And, and what you're going to see is it just seems like John, he's talking. It's like, hey, thus saith the Lord, or, or John hears, or, or John sees. And it's like he's, he's looking out this window. This new window has been opened up to him. And so it sounds like, you know, in John 1, we're talking about that time period. But you go to, Rev, I'm sorry, Revelation 1, but you go to Revelation 12, and you see a window that was 90 years before. This happened. This was written. It's a very different Christmas story than the one we read in the Gospels. In 12 uh, verse 1 it says this. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. This is the Christmas story. Listen to this Christmas story. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with the seven heads and ten horns with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Not exactly a silent night, holy night kind of moment, is it? Man, this is a totally different Christmas scene than what we're used to. Not too many of us have dragons on our Christmas tree as ornaments, right? This is completely different. A screaming pregnant woman. There's no Christmas specials about a a dragon getting ready to devour the Christ child. My son Cameron said this. He said, knowing that this battle was happening in the heavens, 
Because what it's revealing is what's happening, not just now, but it's happening in, in the heavens. He said, uh, maybe the angels singing and proclaiming and filling the hills with glory to God in the highest, maybe it was because the battle at that point was over and Satan had been defeated at, at that moment. Revelation is also a revelation, an apocalypse. An apocalypse meaning it's, it's unveiling or it's a disclosure. So as you're going to see, the purpose of this book is to unveil to the churches that, that things are not what they seem. Or at least they are more than what they seem. I want to repeat that. The, the purpose of the book is, is to unveil to the churches that things are not what they seem, or at least they are more than what they seem. Again, the, the Christmas account. Man, there's so much more happening with the Christmas story that we know. And listen, that's very true what happened in you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All that's very true. But there's so much more happening in the heavens that it's being revealed. Now, you and I, are, we're, we're fact-based people. Okay, the, the first century believers, they were very image-based believers. So in apocalyptic literature, literature, people and entities are often represented in the likeness of animals. Uh, historical events are represented in the form of some type of natural phenomena like earthquakes or, or floods and colors and numbers. And all of that has meaning. We like our facts because our facts inform us. They make us smarter and, and more knowledgeable. But imagery, the imagery that, that this used here, that helps awaken our senses and our emotions, and it encourages us to take action. It makes us feel something which motivates us. What, what awakens your emotions more? Think about this. The baby Jesus in a manger, and I'm not talking about the Ricky Bobby, you know, baby Jesus. I'm talking about the, the baby Jesus in a manger, or a dragon coming to destroy you and, and your family and wage war against your king. Man, what, what's going what's gonna to bring you to action more? Man, that is. Which one wants to make you fight? Hey, knowing that there's a battle going on, that one's going to make you fight. And you're going, Scott, you have just ruined Christmas forever. Apocalyptic literature is doing two things. It seeks to present... It seeks to set the present by giving us a picture of the unseen realities of the future. Okay, I want to say that one more time. It seeks to set the present by giving us a picture of the unseen realities of the future, but also to set our present realities by giving us a picture of the unseen realities of right now. So we must see the unseen reality of spiritual warfare being waged right now. I want you to understand this, and we're, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the four horsemen and how they're riding right now. We're going to talk about death and disease. We're going to talk about persecution. You've got to understand what's happening in the heavenlies. There's a very real enemy who's constantly trying to distract us, to derail us, and to destroy us. Understand that that is happening right now, but understand this fight. It's not a us versus them. 
We, we live in such a cancel culture right now that if someone votes differently than us or, or thinks differently than us or they're not going to get vaccinated or they are going to get vaccinated, you got to understand something. It's not an us versus them mentality. It's not us against people that disagree with us. It's not even us against people that worship different gods than us. There's a war that's raging in the spiritual realm. And here's how we fight. We love our neighbor. We love our enemy. And we try to share the good news of Jesus Christ with every person. Man, that's fighting the true enemy. Think about this. Look at who the letter was written to. You know, I can't help but think of Hebrews chapter 11. You know, it's called the Hall of Faith. And you see all these people that, you know, you see people you know that, you know, Moses and, you know, all these people you know um, listed in the Hall of Faith that lived faithfully for God. But then you see these people you don't know who were beheaded, that were sawed in half. We, we see these people who, who stood for Jesus and, man, they were killed. This letter was written to people living under that kind of persecution. Like the, the, the government, laws are being passed. That if they broke them, they not only were killed, but killed in horrific ways. So think about who this letter was written to. So let's back up. At the ascension of Jesus, you had about 500 witnesses. And, and even some of them didn't believe. But then the church grew. Under, under this intense persecution, you know, 30 years after the book of Acts, there was this intense persecution before this book is written. And the church grew from 500 to 350 million followers of Jesus Christ in the Roman Empire. That, that is truly fighting the true enemy and not the earthly one. Because here's, here, here's the truth. The Christians weren't fighting the Romans. They were saving them. The, the Christians weren't fighting the Romans. They were saving them. Remember Paul's in prison? The apostle Paul, and what did he do? Man, he's witnessing to the guards. He's praying for those who, who punished him. He's praying for those who persecuted him. And truly fighting is not fighting those who persecute us. No, truly fighting is sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. It's loving them regardless of what they say, what they believe, and what they do. And if that church then can be encouraged by the book of Revelation and take the gospel to the world, we can too. Church, I want you to feel empowered here. I don't want you to feel afraid. Listen, if the church can, and, and that intense persecution can take the gospel to the community, listen, we can too. And if we do that, what would life look like 300 years later for us? What, what would it look like for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our great-great-grandkids? We need believers today who are willing to fight like that. We need believers today who are willing to be obedient like that and get past when our feelings are hurt or get past when people disagree with us. We need believers who will be faithful. Because here's the truth. We've seen enough broken families. We've seen enough brokenness. We've seen enough lives and families and communities destroyed by addiction. And we can't let the enemy continue to dominate our community. 
I'm telling you, hell needs to feel our faith. Hell needs to see our obedience. Hell needs to hear our prayers. And listen, people need to be set free. And the way that happens, the way that happens is that you and I fight back. And we fight back against the powers and the principalities. Look at this last line of Revelation 1 through 5, verse 5. He says this, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. All glory to him who loves us and he has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He loves us. He paid for our sins with his blood. And he's called us to make war against this dragon alongside our victorious king. Again, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. But that begins by you and I being obedient. So let me ask this question. Where do you need to be obedient? And where do you need to be obedient today? Listen, just because maybe you, you were lulled into this and maybe the, the John Mellencamp song, maybe you feel like that's true of you. Oh, yeah, the, the, the thrill of living is gone. Listen, it doesn't have to be. Man, where do you need to be obedient today? Man, where do you need to take a step? And, and, and maybe it's repentance. Maybe there's a place of repentance for you. Maybe there's a, a sin that, you know, you've just entertained and you just need to let it go. I mean, you need to re-engage. Or maybe the, the thing is, you just sort of disengage from the battle. And I mean, you did, like a lot of us, you just got suckered into this COVID-19 kind of world. No. And where do you need to, to obey? Is it repentance? Man, is it prayer? Man, is it picking up the Scriptures again and, and, and reading the Scriptures and, and letting them actually speak to you? Here's what I want to pray for you today. I I pray that you'll take that step of obedience and you'll walk today in radical faith, radical obedience. Man, you'll fight the fight. And so are you ready? Are you ready? Because that is what we're in. And it's one we're going to win. Father God, this is my prayer. God, that we won't sit back on our heels. Father, we won't sit back at all. But, Father, we will be the church, Father, that's empowered by your Spirit, that's, Father, that's equipped by your Word. And, Father, we will wage war. We will wage war. And, Father, we will love those who don't love us. Father, we will pray for those who who are against us. And, Father, we will obey your Word. And, Father, we will take the gospel forward. Father, I thank you and I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, thank you once again for checking out the podcast. We hope that this is beneficial to you. I'd mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast, maybe uh, keeping a notebook with you because there's just so much to unpack in this series, and it is such a long series. We don't want you to get lost. A couple things I wrote down here. Um, Do not lose your thrill for living. Be encouraged that Christians win. The battle's already been won. Revelation is about Christian courage, and it's also there to build up excitement because Jesus is coming back. And I never really thought about Revelation in that way. I'm no Bible scholar, very far from it, and probably ill-equipped to even be speaking to you now. But 
that's why I've got this notebook because I want to dive into this series. I want to know about this book, but I'd never really thought about it. It, it you know, it can be an encouragement. Revelation can be an encouragement and in, in to build up this excitement that our Savior's coming back. So those are just a few things that I wrote down. All right, guys, that is the end of this podcast. Once again, make sure you're sharing these. I think that there's someone around you that could benefit. Invite them to come listen to it with you. Maybe have a discussion. Maybe your small group can listen to these and have a discussion afterwards. And if you're in the Newton County area, come check us out in person or visit us at eastridge.church and you can watch us online on Sunday mornings. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Well, not really see you because I can't see you, but you know what I mean. All right, guys, have a good one.